0: Hey guys, welcome to CBuzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's award-winning podcast and also Columbus's first business-focused podcast. Our show was presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. My name is Michaela Hunt. I'm a brand journalist and your host for CBuzz, where we bring you unique and impactful stories directly from the leaders right here in the Central Ohio business community. We record the show at our home at Capital University's Convergent Media Center, our collaborative space for students and faculty to study music, film, film, creative writing, and digital media. We're so glad you're here. Today, we're sitting down with Robin Polina, Chief Executive Officer of Palmer Donovan. Palmer Donovan is an industry leader in residential building material distribution and door fabrication. They are driven by their mission to deliver products, expertise, and solutions to help their customers succeed. And I know so many of you listening want to do the same and are doing the same. Robin, thank you so much for joining us to have this conversation today. Thank you. I appreciate being here. So who exactly is Palmer Donovan, for those who don't know? My understanding is you have this 117-year-old history
1: behind this company. That's right. It has been around a really long time. And honestly, when it first incorporated, it made macaroni noodles. What? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's awesome. So, you know, a company can't stay in business this long without changing and growing and doing new things. So So over the years, it, it morphed and morphed and morphed. And now we distribute building products. So. No, no more macaroni noodles. Nope, no,
0: nope. but but they figured
1: out how to do something correctly with distribution. It sounds like yep, it sure did. The you know f- owners Fred Palmer and John Donovan actually made deliveries themselves in horse drawn buggies and stuff. So delivery's always been a part of what we do. So and it still is today. It's a huge service we provide. Well, we'll dig into some more of that here in a little bit. But what led you specifically to Palmer
0: Donovan? What's your professional background in this industry. How did you get here?
1: So I was um, an auditor at the firm that did the audit at Palmer Donovan. And I remember um, going on a cold winter uh, evening to cycle, or not to cycle count, to do our physical inventory. And I had to audit all those counts and it was miserable. (laughs) But the um, CFO at the time remembered me. And I would say, you know, a few months later, he was looking for a controller. He was trying to do all of that work himself, and it was time to add staff, and he just reached out to me and kind of liked what he saw when I was counting, (laughs) and um, I I really wasn't looking for a job then, but, you know, public accounting is, it's a lot of hours, it's pretty stressful, and there was just something kind of special about that place, so I went ahead and, you know, put a resume together and went over to talk to Dave, That, that was my first boss there, and, you know... It just felt right. So I started there as assistant controller, actually. And just, I would say, two years after that, he decided to leave the company and go out on his own. And I'm like, well, gosh, I don't think I'm ready to be a CFO. That's what he was. And... Um, I, I kind of got some coaching both from my family and from the CEO there. Hey, why don't you put your name in? Who knows what'll happen? And it's kind of a funny story because I was not the first choice for the CFO. I was actually the third choice um, from, you know, uh, my my former boss's name is Ron. Ron decided that, yeah, there's a couple other people with a little bit more experience can kind of hit the ground running, but they don't, both turned him down. Uh-huh. I know, so I was kind of maybe a consolation and maybe somebody that was going to need to really learn the business. I certainly knew accounting, but a CFO does so many more things than that. So I had to hire my replacement and kind of started that journey. And I didn't know how long I would do it. But the the thing about Palmer Donovan is it's always growing and changing. It was always challenging. You know, and before I knew it, 23 and a half years went by. And then and then the CEO job opened. Well so and and that's the so that's the funny thing
0: right now. i the entire story you're telling, you know, you were the constellation, prize, so (laughs) to speak. But that road led to a CEO role. yeah, And so I think know. W- you never know. And we have to think about our journeys like that. I think, you know, we may feel like we might be turned down for something because we don't have enough experience now, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not possible that we could, that something happens
1: and the road turns. That's right. And it takes a lot of, you know, good people around you, people really rooting for you, being patient and teaching. But I think what What was always okay for my boss, I was willing to learn. You know, I knew I didn't know everything. So I, I was willing to do it, and, you know, he had patience, and... I, over the years, I just sort of got better and better. <laughs> so
0: that evolution from CFO to CEO, I take it that absorption and willingness to learn still was oh. there, but finance finances at the, at the core of so many businesses, obviously you bring so much into that CEO job, mm-hmm. anyone does, but what do you think really made the difference from going from CFO to CEO for those kind of... Think, I mean, we have a lot of people who are probably in a position similar to this or within mm-hmm. finance and thinking, what is this going to lead into in to? terms of executive leadership?
1: Yeah. It, you know, it's my, my journey, and because I'm still obviously on it, I've only been the CEO for a couple years. By the time I maybe get this down, I'll probably be ready to retire. So, <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> the board knew what, that. What have you learned so <laughs> far then, though? That's yeah. important. Yeah. I think it's, it's a lot about learning to go from the support role, kind of behind the scenes, to the front man. And that's not an easy thing for me. Even though I really do understand and know the business well, I, I am much more comfortable behind the scenes, no question. So, you know, I try to leverage that and make it a lot about my team and supporting them. And I, I kind of think we have an office of CEOs at Palmer Donovan. It really just isn't me. I mean, I I need all those great people around me or, yeah, I mean, I couldn't do it. <laughs>
0: well, this is the perfect follow-up question to that. What is your leadership style and how do you implement it daily at Palmer Donovan?
1: The best way I could describe it is servant leadership. I mean, we, we have practiced that for a long time. I did it in my former role, too, but it's just kind of on steroids now. The place I am in my career, you know, where retirement is definitely visible to me, I I just as soon as I got this job, I had to start thinking about who was coming next. There's no question. So I'm not afraid, you know, of that. I think that's a good thing. And I'm, I'm all about developing, you know, the people and supporting them on my team who, who you know, desire that growth. We, we really have a growth culture at Palmer Donovan. We've been recently really working on that, really defining what that means. And, you know, for the leadership team, it, it's just critical. We have to model it. All of the employees have to see that we're trying to grow and do new things and grow the business. And But you can't grow a business if your people aren't growing.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about defining that culture, what you guys are working on right now. What is the current environment? And what are some of the neat things you're providing for your employees as you define that culture?
1: So, you know, we we are kind it's kind of cool because we're an employee-owned company. We're owned by an ESOP, which stands for employee stock ownership. I wondered program. what your water bottle said. Because yes, it says ESOP it on it. So that's what that is. Yep, okay. Yep. And and it it is a retirement plan. It's a trust that owns all the shares of our company. But what it also is part of how you operate. So just this year, we rolled out something called our purpose-driven principles, which are behaviors and actions. We've defined what we're actually going to do or really practice doing, because none of us can do it perfect all the time. But we have these 28 behaviors, and there's a lot of them, but they support the mission, vision, and core values that we uphold. And the very first principle is think and act like an owner. I mean, mm. you know, you are an owner at Palmer yeah. Donovan when you work at Palmer Donovan. So, you know, we expect you to make decisions and care about what you're doing and care about your internal, you know, fellow employees and our external partners like customers and suppliers. So, you know, it's it's really part of how we operate and work. So an ESOP is a retirement plan, but it's also a way of being. And we really try to leverage that. You know, we want to win against our competitors. We want to, you know, grow our company. So I, I think it does make a difference. Is ESOP,
0: I, I don't have a lot of conversations about ESOP. Is is that something that a lot of companies do or no? Like, what's your knowledge of that?
1: Well, there are quite a few um, ESOPs in the country. I actually um, serve on the board of the National ESOP Association. So we we actually have you know an association where we come together and share ideas and you know kind of be together and. Um Applo- applaud employee ownership. but yeah, there there are quite a few esops out there. It's probably not as well known. I would say that a lot of college and universities don't teach what it is. Um, but we're really trying to do more in the community to describe it as a succession plan for privately held companies. A lot of times family businesses will pass down generation to generation, but there may come a point in time that, None of the younger folks or the kids want that. Yeah. So, you know, what else do you do? You can sell to a competitor, you can sell to, you know, private equity. Or you can sell it to your employees. Wow. So it, it is a true alternative for succession planning for business owners. But they, there are quite a few of them out there. But it, yeah, it's still not really well known. <laughs> yeah. No, it's super
0: interesting part of this conversation. I didn't know we were going to have. So very neat, very neat to talk about it. Yep. Um, so again, we had said earlier, residential building material mm-hmm. distribution and door fabrication. Let's go back to what you sure, do, yay. right? That's what we do. Um, because this conversation talks about business, but also like how you're growing your culture and, and leadership. We talk about it all. Um, when it comes to the products and the service that you provide, how do you ensure you're providing every customer with a personalized experience that really is focused on their needs given what you deliver?
1: Well, we, we have a lot of um, initiatives around growth that are really tied to what our customers need to be more successful. So the last couple of years have been tough. Michaela because you know supply chain actually became a household word and not a positive one. Right. I mean a lot of times distributors are sort of behind the scenes. You know you you will see products we touch in Lowe's and Home Depot and you will you've heard of Owens Corning and maybe Thermatrue or CertainTeed roofing we're, we're the company in between. The, the supplier and then like where you see it, maybe see it on a shelf or in a lumber yard or something. So it, it's not been real visible, but w- when it was broken, when when we couldn't get the products we needed and get them delivered to the customer, I mean, it, it's sort of been a crazy couple of years. Um, the pandemic and then the supply chain issues um, really have made some kind of hard to predict and uncertain times, and, you know, and now we've got a potential recession with inflation and high interest rates and we, we've got a real issue with affordable housing too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I look to the future and how we can partner better with our customers and honestly, their customers who might be the installer or even the do-it yourself or the homeowner, what what are they looking for? They they might be looking for more green products, more sustainable stuff than we've ever really done. And, you know, we've got to get you know easy to install products maybe there's something about the packaging or the way we deliver it that could improve and make make it easier on those guys so we we have a lot of initiatives where we're trying to be more consultative to to our customers and really help them grow their business more profitably and we you know that that'll make us more profitable and grow so it's really focusing those initiatives and you know, new products, new services that really help them do their work better.
0: You really looked at the pandemic and post-pandemic and how people changed mm-hmm. and, and what you could do to distribute, to deliver better based on that. I, I love that. That's when a business can win, right? Yeah, I mean, that's really absolutely. when you can. Is there anything else that you feel like you learned from the pandemic over there?
1: Um, You know, I, a home is important. You know, we're really making homes, creating homes and part of that, and then making them more beautiful and, you know, better to live in. So even, even with finally being able to get out of our homes and do other things, coming back to home is important. So I think it's pretty inspiring what we do. I mean, it's not fancy. We, we put materials on trucks and deliver them, but I don't know, deep down, it's about the home. So, you know, I, I think, The pandemic has shown us home is important, really is.
0: You guys are also very involved in the community. Palmer Donovan is. Um, Talk to us about how exactly you you all are involved.
1: First of all, this is a very common theme for employee-owned companies. It's not just about us. It just naturally tends to, you know, as you build wealth for your employees, they want to share it. So it's pretty cool because we're not the only ones that do it. But The first thing I want to talk about is that actually, what we do for our own employees, we have a very robust peer-to-peer donation program at our company. So what that entails is people can de- uh, donate PTO or paid time off that they're not using to someone else, or they can donate you know, money to an employee that may be struggling with a health issue or a family issue and they have to be off work for a while. I can. I, I just get so excited when I see how much good we do actually for each other first, and that really again enhances the culture and allows us to retain our employees like unbelievably well. So that that was the first thing. But then then we also extend out into the community. Um, we built a house. When we turned 100 years old back in 2007, we built the Palmer Donovan House, and that—that's a home. Um for a, a, a charity, be called. I am boundless now. Back then, it was called Franklin County Residential Services. Mm-hmm. They, they provide a lot of uh, community support for developmentally disabled children. But that house is a respite care facility. So when a parent or a caregiver needs, you know, a couple hour break or a week vacation, it's a safe place for them to bring their child to stay while while they need some time away. So. We're really proud of that. It's in yeah. Grove City. And we, we've occasionally gone back and done some sprucing up or, you know, yard work for for that home. And, um, you know, we, we've got some history in that because our former owners all knew each other because they had a development developmentally disabled child. So that, that's how they came together in the 1960s and kind of bought the company from the previous owners. So we're, we're tied into that. So many threads of good stuff. throughout, yeah. with a yeah. lot of really good intention. Yeah,
0: and again, kind of circling back to your mission, and I take it the twenty-eight behaviors. Like I yeah. take it, all of this kind yeah. of circles back into that. You're personally um, extremely involved in the local Columbus community. How do you how do you get it all done? How, you know, you <laughs> have this professional schedule and commitment, and then personal and the community involvement. How does it all come together for you, and how
1: do you really make it happen, Robin? Wow, what a good question. Um,
0: <laughs> you might not think about it a lot. You might just I do. So. I guess some,
1: sometimes you do. I mean, I personally think it's really important to to say yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of what got me here. I mean, all through my career, I've been encouraged to you know go for that job or go ahead and volunteer and take the time to do something. And I, I just have gotten so many more benefits out of it than the time I spent, honestly. Um, even serving on the the board of the Columbus Chamber of Commerce. I mean, I am connected to people so much smarter than I am and so much more experienced. I'm like, oh man, when I get done with the meeting, I'm like, okay, I got to write all this down. This is just amazing. <laughs> so, Isn't that, that's
0: what you want to be around though. I mean, like do. iron, char- but I will say iron sharpens iron, <laughs> right? <Okay. laughs> so, I mean, but that's fantastic that you, but you also said you have very kind of in terms of growth, you're always thinking about growing yep. too. Yeah. Yep. So, You were saying, though, that because we were talking about how you get it all done, how do you get it all done?
1: Well, I mean, I I don't think about work-life balance. Um, I, I think about integrating my life. So in many ways, sometimes when I volunteer, I'm actually having a lot of fun. I mean, I'm doing something I enjoy. Or, you know, when I'm at work and then we decide to go to dinner and celebrate i'm i'm with people that i genuinely love to be with so it's an integration in my life that keeps me very happy. I'm I'm happy and love to do all this new stuff. Some of it's uncomfortable, like doing a podcast like this. (laughs) You're doing great, by the way. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, uncomfortable, then when you're done, you think, yes, I did that. See, I said yes, and I'm going to try it. So it's integrating my life and just, you know, yeah, sometimes you have to say, hey, I just don't have time for that today. But, you know, I know when I walk in, to my job every day that I have to remember, yeah, I don't have this like detailed task list like I used to have as CFO. I I need to be available to people. Yes, there are things I want to do, people I need to call, connections I want to make, but I also need to have time to just walk around and observe and say hello to people and, you know, stop by and ask them how they're doing. That, that like this, Check off that I've done kind of social stuff. Ooh, you know that's kind of a new task, but it, it is part of what I have to do now. Like being out front a little bit. Yeah, the face so. of the, the face of the company, yeah.
0: really. Um, as a member of the chamber, I want to go back to that because that was really that's cool. You mm-hmm. walk away and are saying, "I've got to write this stuff down." As like coming <laughs> out of those um, board of directors experiences, tell us a little more about what the chamber is doing. So obviously, great group of leaders think tank. So many great stuff can happen there. But what about what the chamber is actually doing and what you see happening in the community?
1: Oh, so many things. You know, what, one of the things that we've actually used at Palmer Donovan is a lot of the workforce development stuff they've done. Um, we're very interested in, you know, diversity in our, our business. There's not a lot of women, I mean, especially women leaders in construction and building products. I mean, there are some, and we're trying to get the voice out there a little bit more and, you know, make sure that women know there's tons of opportunity um, in, in in these kind of male-dominated, you know, areas. So the chamber is inspirational to me for all the programs they have that not only do I learn from it being a board member, but we we participate in that as a member So, um, you know, they they care so much about what's going on in the community. We've got a lot of work to do in our schools, I think, with some of the educational deficits that happened during the pandemic. Some of them may have been there before, but they're kind of on steroids now. And how do we make sure that our kids can read and have all the opportunity they need to to live a a life where they can sustain their own families and, you know, Contribute to the community. That's right. Yeah. Contributions. So lots of good stuff going
0: on there. To the business professional who's just starting out, you know, not at their board of director
1: seat yet. Mm -hmm. What advice do you give to them? It's kind of what I said before, like, you know, say yes. When when you've given an opportunity to, you know, do something maybe, extra, <laughs> even though it's not in your job description or it's, you're not going to get paid necessarily for it. It It's going to pay back in dividends. You know, you, you'll meet some people, you'll stretch yourself as far as a skill or, um, you know, public speaking is a good example of that. That's one thing that, you know, I, I tend to try to work on as a personal development goal. And, and I do think every... Imp- Everybody, whether you're a professional or you know a frontline employee, everybody has to have a development goal. Something you're working on to improve in your life. It may not even be work-related. It could be something with your home life, but it gets that possibility thinking in your brain, like, I, I could try something new. I could be open to this. If I get an opportunity, I'll say yes. You have to kind of get your brain to... Look at that as an opportunity and not just another thing that you're already too busy for. Yeah. And what it's going to bring you in the long run. Yes.
0: I mean, right now I'm thinking you could do a masterclass on interviewing. I honestly, like in this podcast, you guys can't see at home, but like Robin has notes and I have <laughs> interviewed some people where you can tell they are really reading. No, she is, you're seamlessly doing this. Oh, I well, mean, God. I so I have to give you that compliment because I don't <laughs> know if you've worked, if that's an area that you've worked on in terms of in your life, but you were talking about public speaking and things like that. Wow. You you Thank could you. teach people that I'm looking at you and I can see that. So yes, l- say yes and learn new things. Um, do the extra work.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. Be prepared. Be prepared. And, Practice
0: and be, <laughs> and be prepared. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons, Robin, we have these conversations is because we really believe that continued personal and professional development is one of the most valuable aspects a leader can have, like in terms of sharing with us. So, I'd love to hear. Is there anything that's influencing you lately? It could be a podcast, a book, a show, involvement in a particular group outside of work. I'd love to hear what that is and and what it's doing for you right now.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I'm always doing something. I'll tell you, I just went through a um, kind of a mini course on something called positive intelligence, and um you you do this program. there it, there is a book, and there's a program, and then you create something called a pod. It's a little accountability group okay. that you check in every week to see if you're practicing. Positive intelligence is a, a way that you're you you talk to yourself. So all humans kind of have, these negative thoughts in their brains, I mean, I think it, it comes from back when we had to, you know, run away from bears and, you know, survive on the savanna or whatever, but <laughs> right. it, it really doesn't have any practical use now, but but it's still there. We all have a judge, and I know for me, I also have a controller, and I have a stickler, like you know, I'm kind of sometimes down in the weeds too far. So you you learn what what these things are in your brain, and you kind of replace them with alternative ways of thinking. So, for example, when you make a mistake, your judge will say, "Oh, you're an idiot. You made a mistake. Look what you did. You can't recover from this. You're you're going down." And then you've got this other voice in your head that's. No, that's an opportunity. Every mistake you make, you learn from, and you share, and you do something different next time you get the chance. It it just totally spins how you look at life. So I I worked on this course. It was about six weeks, and now we're kind of in maintenance mode and all trying to figure out how we're going to keep ourselves accountable to that. But I've really noticed a difference just getting out of bed every morning. I'm like... I make a mistake today, but I'm going to recover from it. I'm going to grow and I'm going to, you know, look at that as an opportunity. So, so if P- positive
0: intelligence, which is interesting because, you know, we talk about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So literally, if people look up positive intelligence, are there coaches that do this? Is it an online group? And, and then you meet. Members of your cohort or your group and create this pod. Like, how does that? Part yeah,
1: work? there there are people that are trained to you know facilitate it, yes. and I, I would start with the book. There's a book, and the first na- the first name of the author is Shirzad, and I can't remember the last name. He has an unusual name, so I apologize. But I,
0: positive intelligence is the name of yes, the book. Yes, okay,
1: yes. So it just you know, and I. I think that, yes, like the first eight chapters are just online, and anybody can read it. So you get a flavor of what it is. It again, it gives a language to some of these things that happen kind of automatically in our heads. Yet there's also a language with how to start to change it, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, we we will always have our judge. It just doesn't have to be the dominant voice. It can. It can work sometimes but other times it needs to be quiet. Yeah, you can quiet it down. Yeah. Um, well, I've learned a lot
0: today. So, Good. thank you for your time with us. I told you to go fast and it yeah, does. It does it. It's already done. It's already done. <laughs> so, thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Oh, thank
1: you Michaela. You do
0: make it easy. I so appreciate it. No problem. And you know, a lot of people are going to be googling ESOP.
1: You know that. I mean, let's make
0: more of them. (laughs) Like, I I have a feeling people who've listened to this episode will because they'll want to know more. It seems super valuable. So, thank you for sharing that journey and what you're doing kind of on an national level too yeah, with the yeah. with others so really appreciate that for our listeners if you want to know more about Robin's endeavors and what she's doing with Palmer Donovan go to palmerdonovan.com and that is d o n a v i n palmer donovan with an i.com if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews on iTunes Spotify wherever you might be listening to this podcast your reviews help people find our show and hear our community stories we do read your feedback and we you those ideas as we plan for future episodes. C-Buzz is proudly produced in collaboration with Capital University. We want to say a special thanks to their talented students, faculty, and staff who are here with us today for helping bring this program to life for our listeners. Once again, I'm Michaela Hunt. I'm your host here at Cbuzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's business-focused podcast. We'll talk again soon.